Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of Season 2 to the Light the World podcast. On today's episode, we're going to tap, tackle one more topic about the invisibility of God. Why doesn't God just write his name in the sky and get it that everyone believes in him instantaneously, if that's his goal, at least, to make people believe in him? And then we're also going to cover some updates about the Light the World podcast. Will there be a Season 3? What is going on with the LT World YouTube channel? And what is Light the World Studios? Hmm new name being introduced to the game. All that and more on today's show. Before I get to the updates, I did want to give you guys a little bit of a content and a little bit of something to think about. We spent the last several months talking about arguments for and against God's existence, why you should believe or shouldn't believe or whatever. We talked about all the different arguments and talked about what makes the most sense. And after all of this, it's obvious that there's a debate. God doesn't seem obvious to everyone. And the big looming question at the end of the day then comes from skeptics mostly is if God is existing, wants people to believe in him, why doesn't he make himself more obvious? It's a tough question, really. Bertrand Russell famously said, after someone asked him if he would die and face God on Judgment Day, what would he say? And his response was, not enough evidence, God, not enough evidence. And that's how many skeptics feel. If God, if you want me to believe in you, you need to make yourself more obvious because you weren't obvious enough. There shouldn't be any debate or doubt within our minds of your existence if you want us to believe in you. It seems like a fair perspective to have. If God expects some sort of level of behavior on our end or some sort of level of belief and has some sort of level of consequences, he should make himself more obvious so that people would believe in him. There shouldn't be as much doubt if the consequences are so severe like many religions say. Now, a common response to this sort of skepticism, or at least I should say a quick response from some theists, goes kind of like this. God is obvious, you just choose to reject him because you don't want him in your life. A a very famous saying or thing that um, Frank Turek, who's a Christian apologist, will do is when he's at conferences or speaks with college students or professors and stuff, he will ask that if they knew for sure, 100% sure that God existed, would they still follow him? Or if they believe the Bible was 100% true and God existed, would they still follow him? And he says a lot of times he gets the answer no, and that's a reflection of a heart problem or a reflection of what people aren't actually willing to believe in despite intellect, because they just don't like the idea of following God. Let me ask you then, if historic Orthodox Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? I I would need more more information. I would become- if it were true. Yeah, if, well, I'm saying then it would depend on what his commands are, whether I agreed with them. So I don't think it's- Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) sorry, sorry. So you're saying if God existed and you disagreed with his commands, you wouldn't. Yeah, of course. You would You would go your own way. Of course. So sometimes a, a very quick response is saying, God is obvious, you choose to reject, to follow him. The problem with that sort of argument is that it's just an assertion and everyone thinks they're right in their own eyes and no one really ever can really prove logically that to be true. So that is just very subjective to each individual. And normally it's just an argument that's tossed out there and doesn't really have much weight logically. So let's further consider the question. If God wants people to believe in him, why is he so invisible? Why doesn't he make himself more obvious? And we're going to kind of approach the argument to a similar way that, in a way that responds kind of to Nietzsche's sort of proposal or Nietzsche's sort of quote. And this is what Nietzsche had to say. A God who is all-knowing and all-powerful who does not even make sure his creatures understand his intention, could that be a God of goodness? who allows countless doubts and dubities to persist for thousands of years 
as though the salvation of mankind were unaffected by them, and who, on the other hand, holds out the prospect of frightful consequences if any mistake is made as to the nature of truth. Would he not be a cruel god if he possessed the truth and could behold mankind miserably tormenting himself over the truth? But perhaps he is a god of goodness, notwithstanding, and merely could not express himself more clearly. Frederick Nietzsche. As Nietzsche points out, people wrestle with doubts all the time. Christians, atheists, Muslims, all people wrestle with questions about God's existence and the meaning of life. And this type of wrestling goes on for lifetimes. No one really ever gets finalized 100% conclusions on everything they believe to the fullest extent. No one has the answers to everything in life. They may be 100% confident in some beliefs, but they don't have all the, all the answers, or they don't aren't confident in every answer of meaning of life. No one is omniscient, if you will. The question then stands, is this doubting, this wrestling with the existence of God and this lack of knowledge, is this a proof of non-existence? Is this a proof that God doesn't exist, or at the very least can't clearly express himself, like Nietzsche said? The crux of the argument depends on a big, big assumption, and that big assumption is God can have no good reason for remaining a mystery to a certain extent. To whatever extent that is, that is subject to people's own perspective. But based on how Nietzsche approached the question and normally how it is presented, there is this sense that in order for God to be fair, he is obligated to make himself more obvious. And he couldn't possibly have any good reason not to do that. And this sort of logic, this sort of idea of fairness kind of makes sense if you consider the consequences in many religions for not following God are severe, sometimes eternal, sometimes not. But at the very least, there are consequences for disobeying God in most religions. So it is sort of this fair feeling of, well, if the consequences are so severe, he should reveal himself. I can't see a good reason for that not being the case, that he wouldn't reveal himself. And so there's this big, big assumption that goes on that there can't be a good reason for God remaining a mystery. Now, theists will often point out the two problems with this assumption or the two problems with this sort of reasoning. The one is it is a big presumption, and the second one is it's a emotional sort of argument, and I'll kind of get into that a little bit later. So let's start with the first one. It's a big presumption. Most religions actually do propose that there are reasons or good reasons or at least uh, logical reasons for why God would remain a mystery. The biggest one normally boils down to free will. A lot of religions will say that if God made himself 100% obvious that everyone would believe in him, there would be no such thing as free will, and therefore you would get rid of the element of um, belief and love and relationship with God that God may or may not desire, depending on what you think about God and what he is. That could be a reason why God remains a mystery, to keep some sort of level of free will. Maybe it is for the fact that in order to allow for there to be temptation, he needs to be distant from people so that people, he tests their faith and sees how loyal they are or see what their character is like. There is this idea of testing people to see if they're worthy of being with God. And that's often common in certain religions that there's this idea of balances. If, you're, if your sins outweigh your bad, I mean, sins outweigh your good or your good outweigh your sins, it helps depend on how honorable or how worthy you are before God. So maybe it's something to do with um, allowing for there to be temptation in the world. There may be reasons for why God remains a mystery, and some that are at least plausible. Even though we may not necessarily like the ideas, they may at least be plausible. So the premise of the argument is based on a really, really big assumption, and that leads into it being more just simply emotional. It, and what I mean by emotional is that people just don't like the idea that God could have a reason for being invisible. Now, liking something or disliking something doesn't mean it's true or good or right or whatever. So, for instance, a child dislikes discipline, even though discipline is good for the child 
in the long run for behavior reasons and to becoming a better person or a better adult. Likewise, a child may enjoy something that's really sweet and something really sugary, but in the long run, it's not good for its health. Or if it's like something poisonous, it would be really detrimental to the health of the child. So even though they like it, it's bad for them. And even though they dislike it, something's good for them. So likewise, we might not like the fact that God's a mystery. It doesn't necessarily prove that he doesn't exist. It just shows our disposition towards that sort of characteristic of him. And there stands to be another argument that's often brought up that's kind of just a statement of fact rather than anything, anything else. But it's rather unpopular and people try to avoid it because it's kind of blunt and unforgiving. And I'm going to quote a part from the scriptures of the Bible to kind of really, that I think really captures this argument in the fullest sense for just the general argument for God. And this is the final sort of argument that's presented for why God remains invisible or are wrestling with this sort of invisibility. And it comes from Romans 9 verses 20 to I think 21 in the scriptures. And it goes like this. But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? And it goes along this sort of lines of, Doesn't God basically have sovereignty and authority over the world he created, since he's the one who rules it, owns it, and has final say over it? At the end of the day, if God did create this world, and he is all-powerful, and he is all-knowing, and his character is the utmost highest importance and is the virtues to be revered, if you will, whether or not we recognize them as qualities that should be revered, doesn't make the difference necessarily if that's how things ought to be because it's his world, it's what he created. At the end of the day, it's final. His say is final. Doesn't God have the right then to remain a mystery if he wants to remain a mystery? And doesn't God have the right then to reveal himself as he wills to reveal himself? It's an unpopular argument because... It's just straight to the point that God can do whatever he wants to do since it's his world and it belongs to him. So that's sort of the final argument that's just cut straight through everything and just says that's how it is because that's how God may design it to be. And who are we as human beings to argue with that sort of idea? It's not logically inconsistent. It's not a contradiction. Therefore, you can't say, well, it doesn't make sense on that end. It's just blunt and unforgiving. But those are the different sort of arguments that normally approach this idea of the invisibility of God. And then often at the end of a sort of discussion like this, this is also where faith gets brought up. If there is no contradiction for the argument of the existence of God, if there is no contradiction standing in the way, if there is enough evidence for God to exist that there's reasonable, you can have reasonable faith and reasonable belief in him, then there is at least some level of responsibility on our end to continue to seek out the truth, continue to reach out for the evidence, and to seek him out. And in many religions, they do believe that if you seek out the truth and truly want there, want to be there, there to be a God, or you truly seek out the truth, you will find. You will find the truth, and it will reveal itself to you. And normally, if you're religious, it will say, God will reveal himself to you if you actually want to know the truth. So there is a responsibility on our end to continue to pursue, continue to learn, continue to pursue the truth. And that will help us better understand this world, better help us understand the purpose of life. The invisibility of God is a tough topic to tackle, but it doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't prove non-existence. It just proves that there is something to continue to learn about. And it proves that there's a reason for us to have faith, a reason for us to continue to fight on, and a reason for us to continue to learn about this world and everything in it, and God specifically in that topic in its entirety. So keep seeking the truth, my friends. I do truly believe if you want to know the truth, 
you will find it if you continue to seek hard and continue to look for it and always desire the truth. The truth will set you free. Thank you. Now, let's jump into some updates. I first want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who has listened or watched this podcast. I am super appreciative, and it's been a lot of fun to make. I've enjoyed interviewing people. I've enjoyed talking about these different topics, and I've just enjoyed talking about things about God because these are the sort of things I look into, I read about, and I study, and I just always muse over. So I just enjoyed this season, too. It was a lot of fun, and I'm glad to see that there was people listening on the podcast channels and glad to see people watching on YouTube. It was just a lot of fun to do, and I'm grateful to everyone who has listened and tuned in. As some of you may know or may not know, the YouTube channel LT World, which is my YouTube channel as well, has hit over a thousand subscribers. That was a goal of mine for this year. I'm really excited. I'm glad that we hit it. It's exciting to see that this uh, community that we're building is growing and that to see that people are watching the videos and enjoying the videos and sharing them with people and being able to continue to learn about religions and these sort of topics uh, in a way that is exploratory, that is fun, that's engaging, that's not always just simply academic or like, you know, a lecture, but actually like getting hands-on and going to places. It's just a lot of fun to see that people are enjoying the videos and I continue to plan on making videos in the future. So I'm grateful to everyone who watches, watches the videos, who subscribe to the YouTube channel, LT World. I'm very appreciative and it's been a lot of fun and it's going to continue to be fun, I'm sure. So what does this all mean for Like the World podcast? Will there be a season three? I will say that I have been brainstorming ideas for a season three. I have been thinking about it, but for as of now, there are no final plans or no episodes in production. There's not, no set date as of when there may be a season three. So it's sort of up in the air. I am thinking about it, but I have not come to any sort of final conclusions. Um, I know for the next few months, at least, however long that may be, I want to focus on my YouTube channel and I wanted to see that continue to grow because I've been seeing a lot of traction, a lot of success, and people are really enjoying the YouTube video side of things. So I want to focus more time onto that channel, put more energy and time into that, and continue to produce better videos so that people may enjoy more of the videos, more of the LT World YouTube channel videos. It's because it's a lot of fun to do, and I just want to focus more time on that for the next few months, at least, and get brainstorm some ideas for a potential season three and more podcast ideas down the road. So that being said, I know season three is sort of up in the air. Don't really know necessarily where we're going. There's brainstorming going on stuff, but who knows? But I do ask that people who have been active listeners for the audio-only podcast, people who have been listening maybe on you know, Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, um, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel LT World, I ask that you do subscribe. It's gonna—it's a lot of fun. We cover a lot of different religions, talk about a lot of different topics, about different belief systems and different ideologies. And we also just get really hands-on with things. Like we will visit different religious centers. Like for instance, we visit a Mormon um, temple, visit a Jehovah Witness church. I plan on visiting a church of Scientology. Um, and I'm visiting, I'm going to plan on visiting other religions as well, you know, getting hands on with things, you know, reading, um, reading other religious books like the Quran stuff and just learning more and getting like hands on with different religions. Again, not just purely academic and a talking head, but, you know, actually engaging with different beliefs. So it's a lot of fun. I ask that if you enjoy these sort of things, um, enjoy these sort of topics that you come on to the LT World YouTube channel. We'll also be continuing to do interviews on that channel. I don't plan on stopping interviews, so I'm going to plan on doing more interviews on the LT World YouTube channel. And there are occasionally where I will cover topics um, of interest and cover certain things like I covered on this podcast, but they may not be quite as frequent, if you will. And finally, I mentioned something about Light the World Studios. What is Light the World Studios? Well, Light the World Studios was a business I started a couple of years ago 
And it's going to be basically the branding and the overarching head for all future channels and podcasts that are created, um, that, are, that I create, basically. And the overarching mantra for the Like the World Studios is engage, entertain, and educate. I'm going to explain kind of the, each of those one by one. So let's start with engage. Engage basically means I want to continue to interact with different cultures, different religions, and people from different backgrounds to learn more about this crazy world of ours that we live in. And then entertain. I want these type of videos and this engagement to be entertaining. Something that people want to watch, something that people enjoy learning about, and that gets people excited, that people want to keep coming back and sharing with others what they're learning or about these different cultures, different beliefs, these different videos, and different contents that's produced out there. And then finally, educate. I want people to come away feeling like they learn more and are better off um, after watching a video. That's not just empty entertainment that makes them feel sort of, uh, you know, like after you watch maybe something that's really empty or like empty calories, but you want to come, you come out fulfilled feeling like, man, I actually learned something. It was fun and engaging and I learned something today. So I want people to under the like the world studios, all the channel, future channels and future podcasts feel like some feel like there was this engagement, entertainment and education going on throughout the whole process. And that is sort of the goal of like the world studios. And that is what I am going to be continuing to grow here with my future channels and future content. So thank you again, everyone who has supported this channel, who has listened to this podcast. I am very grateful to all the viewers and listeners out there. And I hope you continue to share this with other people, share this, share the channel, share the podcast, share these different things with other people out there and continue to uh, help this like the world studios to grow. I would love to see where this goes and have a positive impact on culture because I think we need more entertainment and more engagement like this in our world. So thank you everyone for tuning in. And if you're listening all the way through, you're a real, uh, you're a real loyal fan and I'm really appreciative. So thank you everyone to who has listened. Thank you to all of you. And as always, continue to go out there and light the world.